0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Good morning, everybody, again. Say good morning to your neighbor to the left and to the right. So, this morning we are in part six of our series on securing a limitless future, secure a limitless future part six. And um, today we are looking at the farm, the farm. Um, We started off by explaining that the six or seven, if you will, components of our lives must work in tandem. So we have family, we have faith, we have friendships, we have fitness, we have finance, we have farm, and we have fun. So we, your family, your faith, your friendships, your fitness, your finance, your farm, and your ability to enjoy it all has to be in sync. You cannot have fun at the expense of your finance. (laughs) You cannot have fun at the expense of your family. You cannot have your family at the expense of your faith. You cannot have your faith at the expense of your fitness. And you see, everything should be in tandem. When you are out of sync, then you are going to begin to struggle for you to live a limitless life. You have to be In a place where your faith, your finance, your family, your fitness, your farm, your friendships, and having fun must be in sync. Our text remains 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 through to 7. 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. One day. The widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked, Tell me, what do you have in your house, in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of oil, she replied. Elisha said, borrow, everybody say borrow, borrow as many empty jars, everybody say empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you, pour oil from the flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her son kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Everybody say one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she asked. She said to one of her sons. They aren't anymore, he told her. And then the oil stopped flowing. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and leave thou and thy children on the rest. So here we see at play family, we see faith, we see friendships, we see fitness, we see finance, we see farm and We explained last week how she must have had a lot of fun when she looked at the creditor's face and she paid off a debt, you know. And um, she must have had a lot of fun when she um, um, got out of debt and began to live the life that she had always dreamt of, of living. So today we are going to go straight and unpack farm. Like we explained last week. Finance, farm, finance, farm. We, last week, we were going, we were inter- it was going, I mean, um, interchangeably, we were, it was weaving into each other. And today, obviously, of, of course, it's going to weave into each other. Finance and farm, finance and farm. So we see in this story that how limitless this woman was financially depended on the limits of our family our faith our friendships our fitness and our farm they are all connected and we saw last week that God expects that our farm should produce and the produce of our farms will liberate our finances will be the bedrock of our finances. John Wesley, I mean, the father of the Methodist Church, um, we all know the Methodist Church. John Wesley um, is, 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 is recorded as saying um, this about, about making money. He said, make all that I can. This is his philosophy about making, making money. I make all that I can. I save all that I can. I give all that I can. And I enjoy it all. (laughs) You know, I knew there was something awesome about that guy. You know, make all that you can. Your farm, make your farm produce all that it's capable of. Make the best out of your financial possibilities. There is no glory, there is no honor in not fulfilling your financial future. You cannot help people financially if you don't have financially. So God wants you to make the best of your financial future. And like we explained last week, that finance is the money you have, your wealth, and the management thereof. Your farm, on the other hand, is the main source of your money. So you should have a farm. It is the farm that you get a consistent income. Everybody say income. That you get consistent income, you must work the farm. However, it is rarely the farm that will make you wealthy. It is what you do with the income from the farm that will make you wealthy. The farm can take you out of poverty. You know, we are gonna explain the on. That the farm can take you out of poverty. But the farm many times cannot make you wealthy. So if if and, and again, you, you shouldn't just want to be um, um, out of poverty. You should be you should want to be wealthy, wealthy for yourself, wealthy for the kingdom of God, wealthy for the people around you, wealthy for your nation. So the farm by itself, except you know it fulfills certain conditions, which is not the case with most people, is not the vehicle for producing wealth. The the, the farm is the vehicle for getting an income, getting consistent income. The farm is the vehicle for building character, for learning obedience for so many things. I, I, I'm going to save a couple of them uh, today. However, those things are necessary for retaining the wealth that you generate outside of the farm. So you see, they are both connected. Genesis 26 verse 12. Genesis 26 12. Genesis 26:12 says, Isaac planted crops in the land. That's the farm. Isaac planted crops in the land, the farm. And the same year, he reaped a hundredfold the finance, the, the, what, what led to the wealth, to the wealth, the work that led to the wealth, the work on the farm led to finances. Because the Lord had blessed him, God blessings will rest upon you in the name of Jesus because the Lord had blessed him now listen to this this man his land yielded a hundredfold but the Bible says that the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow you will become rich in the name of Jesus your wealth will continue to grow until he became very wealthy, you will become very wealthy in the name of Jesus. Now, this man became rich. Now, listen. The Bible says he had many flocks, herds, and servants that the Philistines envied him. Think about it. He became. He was a farmer. He worked his farm. He got a hundredfold return from his farm, and the Bible says he was rich, and he was rich in flock. He was rich in eggs and cattle, cattle, and he was rich in servants. Wait a minute. If he worked a farm and he was rich, he should be rich in onions, in tomatoes, in in rice, in cucumbers, or in whatever he planted. But the Bible says, no, he was rich in flock, in eggs. In And we explained last week that Isaac must have taken the proceeds of the farm and invested. Everybody invested. Invested in flocks. Invested in heads, Invested in servants. We talked about the value of that, it is some of the value of that last week, which is the fact that the common denominator between the, the flocks, the heads, and the servants is that they all can reproduce by themselves. The farm cannot reproduce by itself. You must plant, you must water and weed, and then the plant, the the farm will produce. The the, the farm requires your attention. The the, the, the flock, the herds, and the servants largely don't require your attention to reproduce. They reproduce mostly while you are sleeping. Have you heard about making money while you're sleeping? You know, your herds reproduce while you're sleeping. While you're sleeping, that's when the 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 he goat and the she goat are doing their thing. While you are sleeping, that's when the male servant and the female servants are doing their thing. While you are sleeping, that is when Isaac, while Isaac was sleeping, that is when his wealth was being reproduced. So we explained last week that it is what you do with the proceeds of the farm that determines your financial future. It is what you do. It, it was what Isaac did with the proceeds of his farm that determined its financial future. So you, you must envision and see your farm as, as what gives you the income and the opportunity to invest in heads, in flocks, in servants, if you will, in things that can reproduce while you are sleeping. So put your money in things that reproduce. Open your mind. Don't be closed. Be open to, to crypto. Be open to NFTs. Be open. However, again, like I said last week, y- you are not a gambler. Don't gamble, but be open. Let God lead you. Educate yourself. Isaac must have found out about flocks and herds and servants and stuff. Educate yourself. We we did establish that the rich According to Proverbs 22, verse 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. There is no honor in being a borrower. There is no honor in being poor. There's no dignity. There's no holiness in it. (laughs) You know, some folks think that they are holy because, you know, they they think they are pious because they are poor. No. In fact, The rich and the lender deal from a position of strength. While the poor and the borrower from a position of weakness. It's a fact. So how do you want to deal? Do you want to deal from a position of weakness or of strength? So the borrower is the servant to the lender. However, now now look at this story. We established that last week, and we, and we, we explained how God always rewards you when you, when you get out of debt. God always, uh, always does. Now, interestingly, when we get to verse 3 of Second Kings chapter 4, Elisha said to the woman, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What got this woman into trouble? Borrowing. <laughs> You know, she and her husband must have borrowed for the creditor to come and take their two sons. Now, Elisha said to her, borrow as many empty jars. So, me hearing the word borrow could have traumatized the woman. I mean, if she lived in this generation, she must have had to go for therapy. She must have said, oh, the man of God just traumatized me. You know, I've been traumatized. Oh, let's go for therapy, you know. But you see, the truth is that many times God uses what has traumatized you to optimize you. It is the things that has traumatized you that God uses to optimize your destiny. So when you Go through difficult situations. Many times God visits the same situation and says to you, from this mess, I will bring out a message. God will say, from this trash, I will bring out a treasure. God will say, from this life that is broken, I will break world records. God uses what has traumatized us to optimize us. And the same skills, many times, God uses the same skills that got us into trouble to get us out of trouble. (laughs) God uses the same skills that got you into trouble to get you out of trouble. The same skills. Sure, you know how to borrow, eh? borrow. You know how to borrow. Now, you will use that same thing, same skill, to borrow the right things. Hmm. So, we see, like we explained last week, that, you know, yes, the scriptures doesn't condemn borrowing, but the scriptures encourages staying out of debt personally. However, when it comes to borrowing, you must borrow the right things, quote-unquote, if you want to be financially independent. You must borrow the right things. You can borrow into the farm to liberate your personal finances, but you must borrow vessels. Everybody say vessels. Vessels appreciate, vessels can, can produce, can, can become a manufacturing tool, a manufacturing plant for the oil to keep flowing. So you can, it makes sense to increase the capacity by borrowing vessels, by borrowing machinery, by borrowing equipment, by borrowing things that can make your work more productive. And that is what we see here. You can borrow vessels. So the question is, what you are borrowing, does it produce? What you are borrowing, can it be returned intact? Can it replace itself? You see, I, I, I want to stay away from mentioning specific assets or financial instruments, you know, because again, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm just an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and preaching the gospel. So, but there are instruments, there are financial instruments, and there are, there are assets, there are things that you can borrow. And again, stay away from it on a personal level, which is why entrepreneurship is so powerful. But again, not everybody can, you know, all the way do it. But everybody should invest and see themselves as entrepreneurs. And we're going to get to that in, in, in a bit. So there are borrowings that, quote-unquote, that are acceptable or actually wise to do for you to Multiply your income. There are certain uh, things that, (laughs) again, I don't want to get into the details and also get financial advice. Stop the Ponzi scheme things and, you know, borrowing to, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about at all. Vessels add value. Vessels always add value. So we move on from there. I mean, this is so interesting. I mean, this word is so is so sweet, if you will. <laughs> so sweet. You know, 2 Kings 4, 4. Elisha said to this woman, then go into your house. Then go into your house. This woman is the first that I've noticed. Maybe there may be more earlier on in the scriptures, but it's the first I, I can remember that first person to work from home. <laughs> She's the first person to work from home. So working from home that most of us are doing due to COVID, you know, this woman started it long ago by a prophetic word. Go into your house and begin to produce, begin to work, work from from home. From home. So go into your house means you need to come in contact again with yourself. When we talked about being limitless, we talked about being in contact with yourself. Go into your house. Go into your home. Go into your closet. Go into your home. On the process. On the whole thing. Go into your home. Become the entrepreneur. Again, entrepreneurship, like we said earlier on, may not be for everybody in the sense that not everybody should leave the um, uh, paid employment and start a business. However, with your personal finance, you must be entrepreneurial. So, with the firm, not everybody is called to be an entrepreneur. But... In your personal finance you must be your own entrepreneur where your f- money where the money you've gotten from your paid employment your income where it goes you must own it you must own it where it goes how it reproduce you must own it you must be on top of your what they call portfolio you must own your assets you must own it now An entrepreneur, again, gets out there, creates things. However, some of us are not called to be entrepreneurs. Facts. Some of us are called to be what has been called intrapreneurs. (laughs) Intrapreneurs, you know, an entrepreneur is an employee who thinks and acts like an entrepreneur within a business so and the truth is that you cannot become the best that God has called you to be without that entrepreneurial spirit either whether you are on your own or you are serving in another person's business you must find that place in fact your organization will get the best from you you will get the best from from yourself by being an entrepreneur, intrapreneur, if you will, in that organization, you must be set free. So, for you to be fully released as a limitless spirit, you have to be an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur. That is, that's the truth. That's what I'm saying. For you to be set free, the reason you go to work and you are frustrated is because you are not, or you are not released. To, you are not. An entrepreneur, if you will, or you are caught up to be an entrepreneur <laughs> and you are locked down in the 95. For you to be fully released as a limitless spirit, you have to be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. You must unleash your creativity wherever you are serving. Second Kings 4:4: 4, 4, Pour oil from your flask into the jars. <sighs> So, so huge. You can borrow vessels, but you should not borrow oil. The problem with a lot of us is not only do we borrow vessels, we want to borrow oil. You want to borrow another person's oil. You want to borrow Kim Kardashian's oil. You want to borrow Nicki Minaj's oil. You want to borrow (laughs) Bill Gates' oil. You want to borrow, no, 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 no. You can borrow vessels. You can borrow their vessels. But God has given you your oil. You have your own oil. So that is the that is what entrepreneurs do beautifully. They pour their own oil. You need to pour your own oil. Don't try and be somebody else. Don't tr- don't even try and be, because you will only be second best at best. Because there are people that know how to copy better than you. So, so they are even in the second best already. Don't. God's favorite house. We are not trying to be any other church. No. We are God's favorite house. This is God's favorite house. <laughs> you know, I mean, unfortunately, we are no pastors that they are trying to be someone else. They are trying to be another pastor. They are trying to be another church. They are trying to do... No, we are not even interested. It is it's, it's a waste of time. Because it's gonna be frustrating, nobody's gonna be happy, you are not gonna be the best, God is not gonna be happy with you. Because God is gonna look at you and say, What a waste. She poured oil from our flask. From our flask. Elisha told her, Pour oil from your flask. We are waiting, the world is waiting for you to pour oil from your flask. We are waiting for your oil. We are waiting to buy your oil. We are waiting to for you to pour oil from your flask into the jars. Again, the dynamics of the oil and the jars, maybe, you know, I, we've done a teaching on go sell the oil. You know, you should you should go listen to that. Go sell the oil, go look for it. It's online, it should be online on, on the podcast. and. There's another one that we should teach, the dynamics of the oil and the flask. Why you can't borrow the vessels, the flasks, you can't borrow the oil. And how they both work together, story for another day. So, intrapreneurs are entrepreneurial within organizations. Either ways, an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur must pour their own oil It is your oil that we need. It is your oil that we need. You know, there's a a saying that I came across long ago, you know, years ago that practically changed my life, you know, and it's from uh, Edwin Lewis Cole. He says, he who knows how we always have a job, and he who knows why we always be the boss, I, it got me thinking. I put the book down. I started thinking, what, what's this guy saying? If he will knows how, if you you go to school to, to learn the technical know-how, the competence, you you we 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 we, we burst of how we can code ten thousand lines, you know, of code how we can do this, how we can do that. You you can do know-how, but this guy is telling us that he that knows why. We always be the boss. Your know-how, we always get a job for you. You will always have a job. But he that knows why, we always be the boss. I I, I had to say to myself, (laughs) if I want to be the boss, I have to know why. If you want to be the boss, if you're okay with just having a job and having other people being your boss, fine. Know-how and stay there. But if you want to, (laughs) you know, so to, to know to to the ship, you have to know why. And that is the spirit of the entrepreneur. That's the spirit of the intrapreneur. You have to know why. You need to bring something to that table that is why originated. That the owner of the business will say, mm, this person is priceless. This person is indispensable. Or you need to bring it to the world, that the world will like, ah, we need this person. We need that person. So, as we are going to see later on, you cannot have the spirit of, you know, um, there's a saying in, in the western part of Nigeria, a tribe called Yoruba. <laughs> there's a saying that, <laughs> you, it means that whether the boss sells or the boss doesn't sell, whether the boss makes profit, or the boss doesn't make profit, just pay my salary. There are people that go to work. They don't know how, they don't know why rather, the business, the why of the business. They don't know anything about whether the business is making profit, the income, what they are doing, how it is impacting the bottom line. They don't care, they don't just pay me my salary. They have a contract. They always uh, that irritates me. Whenever I have to counsel people, uh, you know, I, I need to I I will hold myself back because I don't show it. I hope I don't. It, it, it irritates me. Someone says, Oh, they are owing me salary. We have a contract. Oh, Pastor, see this contract. Such a and I'm like, okay, yes, I know they should pay. If I mean they should pay, that's the contract. But it breaks my heart because I'm seeing someone that we only go and look for another job and really doesn't connect the fact that the business must be profitable before my finances are secure and directly impacts it. The spirit of the entrepreneur, many times, really doesn't care about what the salary is. Let me, let me give you a secret. If, if you are there, you are starting your career, or you, you are even advanced in your career, don't worry too much about your take-home. Make the income of the organization your obsession. And see how your take-home will drastically skyrocket. Because the owners of the business are not fools. They will know, oh, this person is Contributed this much, ah, we need to give them shares, we need to give them, you know, we need to, because that is why they are in business. They are in business to make money. But many people are too blinded. You will see in the name of Jesus. So we see that at the farm, you learn power, you learn, you learn so many things. But when you look at four, I'm going to say how it ties to the finances. You see, because, you know, we did say that it is the proceeds from the farm, what you do with the proceeds from the farm, that actually determines your wealth. It is not the proceeds of the farm. It's what you do with it that determines your wealth. So we see people that are earning less, but they are wealthier than people that are earning more. I mean, story for another day. So what you do with the proceeds that determines your wealth. So we've seen people that have become wealthy, but they keep their jobs. They keep their jobs because they are wise people. Now, let me me, me give you an example. There was some guy that's a millionaire in dollars, and... He went to work. He's a million dollars because of his investments in real estate and crypto and stuff. But guess his day job. His day job is Starbucks. He sells coffee at Starbucks. He resumes in the morning. He takes instructions from his manager. The manager says, oh, you didn't wash that plate well wash it well oh i'm so sorry he, he he serves his customer he says oh you don't like the coffee oh i'll give you another one on the house is but this guy is a multi-millionaire in dollars many people many people when they they have small money they raise shoulder <laughs> they begin to have shoulder pads <laughs> That is actually a poverty spirit. It's actually a poverty spirit. Your capacity to be wealthy and be farming is what separates you from poverty completely. Look at Isaac. Isaac was already wealthy. It was wealthy in earth, in, in cattle, you know, but it was farming. Why? Because there are some things you get from farming that you need to keep your wealth. If you don't get them in farming and, and cultivate them in farming, you will lose the wealth. <laughs> so if you if you if you say, Oh, you're wealthy and you don't have, okay, let me just go, go through a few of them because of time. And uh, there's so much. I mean, again, I, I trust the Holy Spirit to unpack it for us, you know. Um, so, the farm teaches you the power of income. That's the first thing the, the farm teaches you the power of income. Your income is the most powerful wealth building tool, no matter how small no matter how small. Your income and your income will not be small in Jesus' name. Your income, why? Because there's nothing as consistent as an income financially. An income will come. That is what is called an income. An income will come. It comes in. (laughs) So when you keep your farm going, you keep your stream of income going. You keep it going. And And guess what? When you deploy your income, obviously we've talked about that, determines your financial future. So your income is so important, you don't deploy it everywhere. You don't deploy it shabbily. Your income is so important that God says that the first 10% of your income, God says, give it to me. Why? Because God says, I want you to know that I am the source of your income and of your wealth. Give it to me. So when you deploy your income, You cannot put your income on gambling. You cannot put your income on just eating and you know, eating. So you learn the power of the income. They would say that a little drop of water makes a mighty ocean. Little drops of water consistent. Another thing of persistent dropping is that did you know that if you put a glass and you keep dropping, just you to break that glass eventually because little drops of water. At the farm, you learn the power of income. At the farm, you learn the power of location. You learn the power of location. Location is so important. Elisha said to her, go to your house go into your house location many times when god wants to bless you god looks for you in a location did you know that when god wants to bless you god looks for you in a location some of you you ought to be in location a but you are in location b when the blessings come and it comes to location a some people i mean the stories have been shared of people are trusting god for children maybe the foot of the womb. You start there, you say, oh, I'm not even going to church. I'm just, just going to sit and, and just relax and watch TV. That is the day the angel comes with, the, with babies and is distributing it to people. You never know. Location, location, location. <laughs> I was location. The importance of location. Location also brings its challenge, but you need to learn the power of location. While you farm can be tied to a location. What you should do is this. Your wealth must not be tied to a location. While your farm can be tied to a location, you must make sure that your wealth is nimble. Your wealth is not tied to a location. You know why? Because you can't be driven away from your farm. But nobody should be able to take your wealth from you. <laughs> hallelujah ah that's so huge that's so huge oh i think we should just say the grace i just go (laughs) you know you can't be driven from your farm but your wealth must be portable you must invest in portability in portability i'll show you a scripture the scripture we read genesis 26 verse 16 says finally when Abimelech has had enough, the king of the Philistines. Abimelech ordered, everybody say ordered, ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. They started, they started by blocking his wells, trying to destroy his infrastructure, his wealth infrastructure. He kept persevering. He kept, because of the blessing of God upon him, he kept becoming powerful and more powerful. The Bible says, finally, Abimelech says, we are tefi <laughs> come and be going. They can't drive you from your farm. They can fire you. If you have a job, they can fire you. They can No matter how the farm has been a blessing, you can lose it. The nation can be at war, look at Ukraine. However, if you've learned this principle and why you have been working the farm, you are making your wealth portable. When they order you out of the farm and you step out of, your, of the farm, your wealth goes with you. <laughs> the, the herd goes with you. The flock goes with you. The slaves go with you. You carry all the wealth with you. Of course, you still have some investment tied down here and there in the farm. However, the crux of your wealth goes with you. You cannot go with your farm, but you can go with your flock. You cannot go with your farm, but you can go with your herds. You cannot go with your farm, but your wealth should be portable. You should be able to. So the, the first thing we learn is, is, is the power of income from the farm. We also learn the power of location, Number that's number two. Number three, from the farm we learn the power of repetition. The power of repetition. You see, the human heart is perpetually looking for an easy button. The human heart gets bored easily, and we want some the easy way out. Look at this woman; she kept pouring vessel after vessel. She kept pouring. She kept pouring. She kept point. It, it must be boring. Just point oil. Just point oil. Just point oil. It must be very boring. Just point oil. But guess what? In there was our wealth. In there was our wealth. To the unlearned and to the immature, repetition is boring. But to the learned and to the mature, repetition is necessary. Those things you learn in the farm will maintain your wealth. The character you form, the the, the, the discipline of, of, of waking up early, if you're an early riser, the discipline of showing up consistently at work, the discipline of serving other people, the discipline of being humble enough to take correction, those things will protect your wealth. What you learn at work will protect your wealth. What you learn in the farm will protect your finances. That's why the young man that's uh, a millionaire in dollars, because of his investments, his day job is Starbucks. <laughs> He's a Starbucks attendant. And he still does it till today. I don't know, maybe he even has f- f- Starbucks franchises, maybe, I don't know. But the cross of his investment was he had money from his father, like we said, generational wealth, that he invested. Maybe he had $200,000 from his father. He invested in crypto, invested in real estate, and now it's multiplied, it's become a millionaire, but he's still keeping his Starbucks job. Hallelujah. At the farm, you learn the power of income, you learn the power of location, you learn the power of repetition. Number four, you learn the power of cooperation. You learn the power of cooperation. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 5 says, So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jazz to her, and she filled one after another. You see, so she, they, they, there has to be cooperation. You learn at work that you cannot work alone. You learn at work that you need people. You learn at work. In our in case, she, she needed to work with her sons. They need to cooperate. You cannot produce effectively if you cannot cooperate with people around you. You need to learn to cooperate. You need to learn to cooperate. I know there's so much that has been said today, this morning. I know. I know. It's like drinking water out of a pff, water fountain, you know, splashing on your face and everything. I know. But we need to get back and listen to this word and suck this aspect of our lives put it on auto drive, if you will. Another thing we see from here is that we should introduce our children to work early. That's one thing my mother did for us. She introduced us, I mean, being a single mom, you know, she had to work two jobs. (laughs) The first person I know that worked two jobs, my mom. So day job, she's in school teaching. After school, she has a lesson, the whole facility is like a duplex, you know, filled with children, I mean, students coming. So what she did was that we were helping to teach the lower classes. So when I, when I was in university, for instance, I would come and teach. i have been teaching from secondary school, actually. I would teach maybe from one when I was in form four or something. I would teach them maths, you know. Guys that did GSS, I would teach them to prepare their exams. I mean, from five, they're doing their GSS three exams. I would teach them. But guess what? She pays me. And guess what? She pays me the same amount she pays the teachers that she <laughs> that would have taught those classes. So it was good money. You know, so I will be, you know, like I will come and teach in, in in lesson. I was earning. I knew what it is to prepare a salmon outline. Sorry, I said salmon outline, <laughs> to prepare a lesson notes, You know, I knew what it is, my mom taught me. So to prepare a salmon outline now, it's, it's not difficult. I know how it is to wake up and work hard. Why, because I was introduced to work early. We need to introduce our children to work, that is just a bonus, a bonus point. Elisha said to this woman, go sell the oil, it's huge, it's big, super huge. He said, go sell the oil. The key to making your farm financially rewarding is your ability to sell. The key to making your farm financially rewarding is your ability to sell. Imagine you've, you've farmed, you've sowed, you've planted, you've ripped. you have tomatoes, but, You're like, I'm shy. I don't know how to sell. These tomatoes will rot. (laughs) You need to go to the market. Elijah just said to her, go sell the oil. Some of us, the oil we are carrying is our skills and our talent. Go sell it. You need to sell yourself. Some of us don't sell ourselves. Jose Popasa, I'm introverted. You know, it's not going to help. You need to learn how to sell you need to learn how to sell sell yourself you can do this you can do that you can do this package your resume by the time they see your resume you let them like ah why because you are selling your oil your sales provides the seed for your investment so which is the process of the sales that you will have seed for your investment and that is what you can live on for the rest of your life like elisha said to this woman so the bridge between your farm and your finances is your ability to invest it is and the connection between your work and your wealth is your investment but the seed to your investment is your sales Is your capacity to sell. Can you see how everything is is connected? No one becomes wealthy without owning sales. No one becomes wealthy without owning sales. So you have to sell. You see, again, that mentality of whether the boss sells or whether the boss doesn't sell. The boss must sell. Imagine someone in, just imagine, you have a business and you have um, the sales department and you have someone in in technical support, and you are the CEO of the business. And the person in technical support says to you, this is how I can help the sales team close more deals. And says to you, can I follow them when they are making their sales presentation so that I can answer these technical questions so that they can sell faster? He's still doing his technical job, but it's helping you make more money, and make more money, and make more money. What are you gonna do? Think about it. What are you gonna do? We all know the answer to that. So this diagram, the farm, and the produce you have to sell, and the income you have to invest. You have to farm, you have to sell, you have to invest. You have to farm. You have to sell. You have to invest. You've had this. Um, again, it's a Yoruba poem that says, "Iche ni ogun murasi It means, "Work is the antidote to poverty. Work hard, my friend." And you know, agbe ni the farm. The work of the farmer is the the work of our land. I mean, that's what they say. But while that is true, work is the antidote to poverty. While that is true, working your farm is the antidote to poverty. But working your farm is not the key to wealth. Mm -mm. Nobody becomes wealthy by just working the farm. Generally, nobody becomes wealthy by just working the farm. After you've worked the farm, you have to sell. Imagine if you know that okay, this um, tomatoes, they are selling it in this market at 15 naira, let's say, hypothetically. But if I can take it to another market, maybe I can take it to Ireland or I can take it to, to Finland. I can sell the same tomato for five hundred Nair. naira. Now, fifteen naira, five hundred naira, four fifty difference, right? How long much will it take me? Cost me to take it to Finland? Another fifteen naira. Another fifteen naira. I'm in Finland, hypothetically. So I'm making that ability to. Find markets and penetrate markets is what determines wealth. And guess what? That now gives you a seed. The produce now you're selling for 500. Your friends are selling for 50. You know, Elisha said to her, go sell the oil. Elisha did not give her a price tag. Elisha did not tell her the markets to go. Elisha did not tell her how to brand the oil. Maybe she would say, um, Yasekira and... Uh, <laughs> And <laughs> sons, oil, oil. You know, maybe she would say, "Oh, the oil from heaven." Maybe she would call it miracle oil. Whatever she wants to brand it. Elisha didn't tell her how to brand it. Elisha didn't tell her the containers to pack it in, the packaging. Elisha didn't tell her anything. Let's just give her instructions. Go sell the oil. Every other thing depended on her. Nobody becomes wealthy by farming. Nobody. It is what you do with the produce of the farm and what you do with the income from the produce of the farm. So the farm, the the selling and the investing. So you take that 500 that you're selling your tomatoes for. You say, okay, me and my children, we are okay with 50 naira a month. You know, you take what is left. You save some. You invest some. And you do that month in, month out, month in, month out, month. That is how you build wealth. Stop looking for anointing oil for breakthrough, financial breakthrough. Stop it. Stop praying that there's no witch that can stop your finances. Did you know that? There's none. Zero. 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 Focus on the principles of heaven. And you can say at the end of the day, like John Wesley, you can say, I make all that I can, I save all that I can, I give all that I can, I enjoy it all. As we wrap up today, Genesis 26, 12. Isaac planted crops in the land, and the same year he the under because the Lord blessed him. It is the blessing of the Lord. That makes rich and has no sorrow. So if you are here, you are like, Pastor, pray with me. I want to come into covenant with God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I am not saved. I used to be burning and burning. I want to come back to God. Can you pray with me? Yes, we want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. Even if you are online, I want to pray with you. All I need you to do is put up your hand when I count three. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. One two three put up that hand right now if you are online you can put down your hand if you are in the auditorium keep the hands up the app is going to take over from here still in the attitude of prayer all heads bowed eyes closed if you are in this category you want to start a new work with god god is interested in your financial future interested in you having a limitless future just keep your hand raised at this time until you get a white card uh, once you get the white card you can put your hand down raise it above your head please uh, just not beside red. if you're online too do indicate to the online pastors that you'd like to uh, give your life to Christ at this time and we will attend to you God bless you as you do so in Jesus mighty name Amen, Amen have we been blessed Amen. We thank God for that word from pastor and may it continue to bear fruit in our lives in Jesus' mighty name.